for calling QuickTime Old Teen Service Centre, Delray speaking. Delray, uh, wheels have come off. How much to put wheels back on? What do you mean? The wheels have just come off. The wheels have completely come off. Last six games, they've just come off. OK, I'm uh, Manchester United. Yeah, can you put them back on? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, would you please welcome your hosts for the next episode of the City Sausage Podcast. It's Mike, Squeaky McLean and Nige, Wingman Lucas. Cheers, Ernie. Nice one, Ernie, mate. Uh, welcome to the City Sausage Podcast, and it's episode five, Nigel. I can't believe we're five in already. Amazing. Uh, this is what's coming up on episode five. Richie from Five, because, because it's episode Get five, he's coming on to tell us all about his love for Aston Villa. Big Lou is going to be on with some big facts ahead of the Villa game. We'll also be chatting to Pep's assistant and the man that we love and adore, Brian Kidd. Let's hope he comes on the show this time. Let's hope we speak to Brian. Also, Andy Morrison is on this podcast. Yeah, I remember Andy. What a captain, what a hard man. Oh, the fight we had once. <laughs> and as well as that, we've got none other than Prince. Nazim Hamed? No, 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 the other prince. Uh, artist formerly known as that could. Uh, no, 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 don't right, say that. Okay. We have got His Royal Highness Prince William, massive Aston Villa fan. We're going to be catching up with him on City Sausage. But first, we've had an email. Nige, press the button. Not that one, you div. Oh, sorry. No, not even that one. I'm messing about now. Stop messing about. Right, this one. Yeah, that's it. <sighs> Dear Mike and Nige. I've just downloaded all four podcasts, and I have to say I've loved them. And you two weren't bad either. Cheeky, huh? Yeah, cheeky. Yeah. I've just come out of Strangeways Prison, situated in the heart of Manchester, after serving seven years for my beliefs. I actually believe the security guard was on his dinner break, and unfortunately he wasn't. <laughs> silly, silly mistake, that. Yeah, silly easy, mistake. easy done. I love Manchester City. In fact, on my back, I have every player tattooed since 1969 including John Gadetti, who'd only played one game. Commitment, that. Very committed. Commitment. And on my chest, get this, Nigel, I have every manager that's ever managed Manchester City, including Steve Coppel. Next week, I'm getting my left leg done with all the players that won the Premier League. Must be a big leg, that. Yeah. And the following month, I'm getting you and Nigel tattooed on my backside, one in each cheek, along with a big sausage. Oh, thank you. That's good, isn't it? Any chance you can sort us out with two tickets for the next home game? Nah. nah. Email us, contact at citysausage.com. Well, that was an interesting email. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. People keep trying. They do, they do. And thank you for downloading and listening to the City Sausage podcast. Honestly, four in and the amount of subscribers we've got, absolutely delighted. Thank you so much and really appreciate you sharing it around and all your, all your kind messages and stuff and uh, hopefully we're going to carry on doing this for quite a while. So let's chat about City. Uh, the result against Crystal Palace. It was great. We're back. A good away win. You know what? Crystal Palace is a difficult place to go to and to win like that just shows that, that, that we are back and that Wolves was a blip and like I said, the international break came at just the right time because the squad already looks better having your likes of Kevin De Bruyne back and, and you know it just looks better are there, are there cracks showing at City do you think there's little cracks there I don't think there is I think it's going to be alright I just honestly I really do think that unfortunately I don't know I keep saying this but the worst player we could have lost is, is Laporte and he makes such a massive difference to that defence obviously Vinny's gone uh, and, 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 and Laporte is just such an, an important player because it doesn't matter who plays with him 
He just does the business. Does, doesn't he? Uh, thinking of, talking of centre house, we've got Andy Morrison on in a bit. It's going to be great to chat to Andy Morrison. We'll get his opinion as well on the port and, and City's defence at the minute. So the big game, Man City versus Aston Villa. And as you know, one gentleman that I've worked with, uh, played my brother actually in Aladdin. Right, okay. He's, he, he did. He was, he, <laughs> He's a good brother as well. Right. It's Richie Neville from Five, the boy band Five. A younger brother. Hey, up, bro. How are you? <laughs> see, see. Oh, oh, Rich, how are you? You're a massive Aston Villa fan and we used to talk football all the time. Um, big game coming up. Uh, yeah. First of all, let's have a chat about your season so far. What, are you happy with your season? Look, you know, being a Villa fan the past, you know, three, four, well, even seven years, you know, going on a decade has not been a fun thing. It's not been like you City fans. You know, we've been down in the doldrums in the championship. We struggled. Like, it was hard. It was like a big knock. We finally get up. Um, you know, then it was a big ask for Dean Smith, like, to, you know, we got rid of a lot of the older players. We brought in new players from different leagues in Europe and stuff. And um, they're all young. It's exciting. A lot of money splashed out. But it's a big job for, for Smithy to to sort of get them gelling as fast as they can in the best league in the world. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a top manager. What what players would you say that we need to be watching out for? Who, who are the standout players so far this season at Villa? Uh, I'd say Super John McGinn, right. definitely. Yeah, good player. Um, Jackie Grealish, always. Yeah, um, good luck keeping hold of him, by the way. Yeah, everyone says that. Bring it, come on. But Show he, us the money. Yeah, we'll, but we'll, we'll. but he is a, he's Villa through and through, so I've got to give him credit. He's like Matissier with Southampton, Jack Grealish. Yeah, he bleeds Claret yeah. and Blue, yeah. Jackie Grealish. He's two miles down the road and he's supported them all their life. He's like the heart and soul of the club. Good I luck. can't see him going. Any other players? Um, yeah, look, you know, Brazilian Wesley up front, he, he yeah. banged two in against um, Norwich and, and I think he, he could come good, but he just, he's a bit moany, you know, one of them, he gets a slight tap and he, oh, come on, get up. Yeah. I think he's got to get used to the English league a bit. But He did, um, he did well getting him those goals against Norwich because they're a tough team. Yeah, yeah. We, we struggled against them. <laughs> well, you found out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we did. You, you battered Norwich <laughs> and Norwich battered us. What's going on there? I don't know. Yeah, it's an odd one, eh? I mean, they showed their potential there, but you know, I think I don't know, don't know what's going on there. But we had a good day there. I'm it was pleased. it was five one, which was a good score line for me, obviously. You know, five exactly. Make it get down yeah. now. <laughs> hey, get in, uh, Richie. What 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 result do you see happening at the Etihad? Man City versus Aston Villa. Go on. <sighs> Look, you know what? We've we've done the draws and the losses. We've come with a big win. And I think we're sort of, you know, finally gelling. And I'm going to be optimistic because we've got to take some some of the, the big club scalps this season in order to stay up. So I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say we're going to shock you and we're going to go 2-1 to Villa. Right. right. Okay. okay. No he's, he's always been funny, Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's I'm always... not going to say we're going to lose. <laughs> it's, it's let the battle commence. There Let's you go. go. Might be worth a five of that. Might file, be like, yeah. Yeah. Anything for five. Right. Listen, before you go, um, we always ask our guests favourite sausage. Uh, if there was a sausage, choice of sausage that would go in the Richie Never mouth, what would it be? Oh, probably. You ever had those old English pork sausages you oh, get at the butchers? Yeah. Oh. They're good then, like <laughs> or something, you know. Yeah. Very good choice there, Richie. Well, uh, listen, we'll, I always think if you, I'll keep your phone on because I'll text you after yeah. the game. Uh, and if if, you, right, if you win, I'll turn my phone off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you. <laughs> oh, Richie, thanks for coming on, mate. All the best. Cheers for being on City Sausage. All right. So the man with the facts for the game against Aston Villa, friend of the show, 
Big Lou. Big Lou. How are you, Big Lou? You all right, pal? I'm good, fellas. How are we doing, fellas? All right, you okay? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah. Not too bad. So, Aston Villa up next. Listen, what? before you yeah. get in there, I'm just going to say, Big Lou, a um, yeah. lot yeah. of response from the last fact about um, Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher and... And I'm not surprised, mate. Just I mean. the way you dug that out was just a lot of people have stopped me and asked me if you know how did you get that nugget of information. Just amazing, just yeah. amazing. Well, we're hoping for some more delightful facts today. What have you got? Uh, what have you got for us? Head to head, first of all, us against Aston yeah. Villa. So head to heads are both really old clubs, aren't they? I mean, so head to heads, 169 games in total. Right. Again, like last time, City coming out on top here. Uh, City have won 71. Mm. They've drawn 41 and lost 57. Wow. So, again, coming out on top. That's uh, that's interesting, that. And here's one for you as well. Because they're old clubs as well, right? The right. first time they ever played each other was the 21st of October, 1899. Which means that when this game gets played... It's just short of 130 years from game to game. How amazing. Oh, what a fact. Unbelievable. What a fact. How are you digging? 130 years. You're oh, you're good at maths. He's digging these so, facts yeah. out. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've got an app on my phone. I can calculate that. So right, I'm okay. He's not, yeah, not that clever. Any players we should be looking out for? Well, I think, you know, there's been loads of City and, and Villa players that have played for both over the recent years, like Gibbon and Lescott and Milner, Richard Dunn, Ireland, Del. The one that sticks out in my mind, though, is their, their current striker is Douglas Louise, who played for, well, he signed for City for a couple of years, but never played. Yeah. And he's their star man now. So. Couldn't, couldn't get a work permit for City, but couldn't got one straight away now, for Villa. So he, he, got, he, he got sent away on the, on loan, didn't he? So now he's at Villa. What about celebrity, fan, uh, celebrity fans, mm-hmm. Big Lou? Oh, you know, you know the score here, mate. Don't quote me, right? But do you remember Dad's Army as a kid? Do you remember watching Dad's Army? Who do you think you That's were it. kidding, Mister Little? Don't tell him your name, Pike. Right, Pike. He used to wear a claret and blue scarf, which I always presumed was West Ham. Right, he was down south, wasn't it? But he was a Villa fan. Ian Lavender, the character, he chose that out of the wardrobe department because he was a Villa fan. What a fascinating fact! Unbelievable. And do you remember Godbert in Porridge? Yeah, yeah. Another Villa fan. Another Villa fan. Really? Yeah. But the most Famous, who's the most famous Villa fan at the moment? Oh, it's the, um, the Royal Family. It's got to be, yeah, it's Prince. got to be the Prince. Prince. Yeah. yeah, Prince William, right? He's a massive Villa fan, but his wife, listen to this, right? His wife, Kate Middleton, she's a blue. City, fan. city fan? Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham City. No, no city. Man Honestly, City. Don't quote me. Don't quote me on this, right? But she used to be a junior blue, and she's got City Till I Die tattooed on her right arm. <laughs> no way. Honestly. That's don't, amazing. Don't, don't quote me. But don't quote Big Lou, it, I can't. Please. I can honestly say, so I don't know how you're finding these facts out, but they're absolutely nuggets of gold. It's not what you know, it's who you know. That's all I'm going to say. Well, listen, um, we'll speak to you on the next podcast. And, yeah. and, and it's my favourite segment of the show now, listening yeah. to Big Lou and the, and the nuggets of gold he's got. So, Big Lou, um, take care. Yeah. What are you doing for the rest of the day? You, I believe you're taking your mum shopping. Uh, oh, no, because she's dead, mate. There's no need for that, is there? Do you know what I mean? No, I'm going there. <laughs> I'm doing some writing, but thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a bit, it's still yeah. a bit still a bit gentle but I'll be, I'm getting over it slowly but you know thanks for that mate really. sorry. So, uh, <laughs> sorry about the news oh, Luke I don't know what sorry. to say all the best pal I'm, I'm alright I'm over it head up mate yeah. Luke okay. <laughs> hopefully we'll get a win for you Bless you. Cheers, Lou. Thank you well, very much, yeah, mate. Well, cheers, mate. Bye, All mate. Bye. Take care. Ta da. Cheers, care. mate. Thank Bye. you. Is the buzzer night? Who is it? I don't know. Pre- Hello, who is it? It's uh, Andy Morrison. Andy, 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 Andy Morrison. Oh, Andy, Andy. Andy, 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 Andy Morrison. Come on Come up. up the stairs, pal. Come on up, mate.
Oh, Andy, welcome, hey. to, uh, welcome to our flat, Andy. How are you doing? Yes, mate, I'm very well, I'm very well. See, times are a little bit tough by the look of the deco and that, mate, struggling, <laughs> are we? Well, we, we've, not, we, we've lost a job or two, yeah, so we're yeah. struggling for a bit of money. We're, we're doing all right, though. We're making ends meet. Oh, Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, how are, first of all, how are you, my mate? I'm good, mate, I'm good. Just cracking on with life, you know, where everything's, uh, everything's tickety-boo at the moment. You know, winning games of football, undefeated and, and quite happy and content. So how are you enjoying uh, life now as the manager of Connors Key? Yeah, it's good. You know, like I said, I've been in there four years now. We've had four years of uh, European football, which is a, a fantastic experience for anyone that's had it. And, you know, we've uh, we've had a few upsets uh, against some, you know, Scottish Premier League teams and, and uh, Norwegian full-time teams. So we're doing well. We're doing well. We're, uh, you know, we're still a little bit short of TNS. We've been the, the best now for a decade, but... Uh, we're definitely closing the gap. And what a start to the season as well. Ten games unbeaten, Andy. Yeah, it's a great start. Um, you know, we had three draws to start with, which, you know, just doesn't really do that great in the format with um, with, it, with it only being there, uh, like 12 teams and then you get a, a, a season split in January. So then draws are no good, really. You need to be turning them into wins. But we have done and, we're, you know, we're just sat uh, joint top now. Well done, man. Listen, we're going to chat all things City with you because, I mean, the fans, they love you. Every City fan that we've talked to, I mean, you know we're big fans of yours anyway. Um, they all love you and you had a, you had a fantastic time. Joe Royal signed you for £80,000, which in today's market is absolutely nothing. How did that come about, uh, Andy, when, when you got the call? Well, I'll just correct you on that. It was actually 30 to start with and it got to 80 with promotion. Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Um, so, Amazing. So if, if we hadn't gone up, it would have been 30. So, yeah. Um, That's yeah, so but, uh, perhaps a good bit of business. Listen, I, I was at Huddersfield, obviously, in the championship and and we were top of the league at the time and we were doing really well. Um, and, you know, I ended up having a bit of a fallout with the manager at, at Huddersfield over, over a few issues and... Peter Jackson and you know he's the manager I'm the captain of the player and he has the power and one of us has got to move on and and it came you know it was me and um, I got wind that um, City had um, shown an interest in me through Les Chapman who had worked with me at Huddersfield you know and you know it tend to be that people might who work with me would kind of know the player and the personality where those who don't would uh, probably see a, a different kind of image to what actually happens when when I arrive somewhere so um, you know, it was great that I'd worked with Les and, and Les gave me a, you know, a glowing uh, reference and, and I went across and joined on loan and literally uh, scored on my debut and, it, you know, it just couldn't have gone any better. Because let's be honest with you, when I remember your debut when you played, mate, I just, I was like, God, who is this massive? Amazing. You never, ever failed to win a header. The one thing I know, you every ball that came in the air, you won. There was no way... Nobody was ever beating you in, in the air. You were unbelievable. And, I mean, you, you started at Plymouth Argyle, didn't you? Because that's where you're from, around that area. Yeah, yeah. I started there as a schoolboy. I was at, um, I went to Southampton for a few months, well, probably the best part of a year in the Shearer era with them players, you know, and um, and then it didn't work out there. So ended up going to Plymouth, which was my hometown club and the club I supported. So it was a great, uh, it was a great start. And making my debut for them was... You know, I, I talk about the highlights of my career and, you know, lifting the trophy at uh, Wembley and making my debut for Plymouth were the two standout occasions for me that stick with me. And as soon, um, as, soon as, you, uh, as soon as you joined City as well, Andy, uh, it wasn't long before, well, straight away, Joe Royal made you the captain of the team. Uh, and, and, and how did that feel? Yeah, I mean, it was a few weeks into it. And, um, you know, um, and Jamie Pollock, who was the club captain, you know, wasn't getting a start every week and, 
and Joe approached me and asked me, you know, would I be interested? And I said, of course I would, but also mindful that I wanted to speak to Jamie um, about the captaincy, you know, and how he felt with him. And he was fine with it. You know, Jamie Jamie said, listen, you're, you're playing. The lads are, are, are respecting you and following you. So, yeah, it's, it's the right decision for the club. And I went back to Joe and said, yeah, it sits right with Jamie. So, um, you know, I, I took over the captaincy from there on. And, um, you know, and like I say, things could never really have gone better. I could never envisage how, how well things went that season from Christmas on where we went on an incredible run and, and um, you know, culminating in obviously that, that game at Wembley. Just before Wembley, I mean, you you were made captain that I think, and I don't know about you nice, but at the right time. The we perfect were, time. We needed a leader. You came in and you... You ruffled some feathers, didn't you, Andy? That's it. The squad was absolutely massive at the time, and Joe obviously got rid of a few, quite a few of the fringe players. And yeah. it, one of the most important things was putting you in as captain and, and getting that team playing together, which you did. Yes, that um, it, it could be seen like that. And I, I always think myself, you know, um, that everything really was in place for a run. Everything was in place for the club to turn around. You know, there was a, an exceptional manager, a really good forward-thinking coach in Willie Donaghy and a good staff behind him and a, and a great group of players and maybe just a small piece of the jigsaw miss, missing, which was probably, could have been me, you know, just this uh, madman who doesn't, you know, doesn't give a toss about anyone or anything and, you know, obviously respect everyone, but when I'm playing football, I'll, I'll, I'm not bothered about who I come up against. I just have to win. And, um, and I, you know, and I think the players followed that and... Um, you know, and, and going forward from there, you know, we, we, we went on a great run, which, again, I think some people forget that the following season, you know, the momentum to go promotion again, um, I think it's, it's incredible testament right, to, to the manager. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think, you know, yes, we do. Um, he does get praise for, for that, but I don't think people really understand the magnitude of what he actually did at the football club. To take a club that are sinking the way City were in all sorts of financial trouble, just anarchy off the pitch, just all problems, and to actually turn that ship around and go back-to-back promotions is a monumental achievement, and I think it's on par with anything that any manager's done since. Did you, as a player, did you did you and the lads feel that, the trouble that was happening, or did he shield you away from that and tell you just to get on we with were, playing? We just played football. We just, all of us played football. We have fantastic characters, and, you know, when, when, when the tide turned and we got a bit of momentum... You know, it would it takes something really good to stop us on any given day. Um, and yes, you know about things in the background, and we weren't really aware of the of how important it was to get promoted that year and what could have happened if we hadn't. And then you know, it's all by the by now because it didn't happen. But I think our best players, I think your Weavers, Whitley, Dickoff, Gilter, you know, so I think they would have all probably moved on, and we've had to bring through that generation of youngsters that were behind that, mm-hmm. probably into a team and could have stagnated for many many years Um, but you know only on reflection you look back and you you, you hear what uh, what the chairman of the time said and you just think wow it really was um, a difficult position Andy one of the uh, you're known for being a hard man you've always been a hard man I I mean every time you come to City Square you give me a punch and I don't know how we don't end up fighting (laughs) but it's because I like you Um, Stan Collymore in his book said that you I remember the the incident he said that remember when you had a little bit of roughing with him he said that you actually stuck your tongue in his mouth is that true? (laughs) No, that's not true. Um, That's fact. That's clear. I think think the footage shows that that didn't occur. It was more of a gesture of "I've got you licked." That's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, Stan was a was a was a top player for many years, and you know, I I probably caught him at a good time in his career, and 
you know, and I dominated him the whole game. And my point was, you know, I've got you licked when when we actually came nose to nose, and uh, there you go. And I, and I got sent off. Um, but I've seen Stan many times since, and there's a laugh and a you know uh, and a smile at um, at that occasion and that time, <laughs> you know, in her career. So it's it uh, there were definitely nowhere. Contact, that's for sure. Who, who, was, who was one of the toughest forwards that you've come up against, Andy, you know, while you're at City? Great question. Thank you, Nigel. Cheers. Um, the, the toughest one I ever had, the toughest night that I ever had, was um, against Peter Rundlove um, when I was at Blackburn. He um, he was at Coventry, and it, we were actually three games away from the end of the season. I still had a chance of winning the title, and I just got torn to bits one night. Probably finished my career at, um, at Blackburn. Um, he was just at the top of his game. You know, when it was a really tough evening for me, but at City, there's nothing really stands out. You know, um, as a player, and I just think, you know, he, I've really struggled against him. Maybe Craig Bellamy, um, because them them type of players were ones I, I, you know, I, were difficult afternoons. You know, if I looked at it and I was playing against a John Hartson, a Viduka, players of that elk, it was like, you know, I, I can deal with that. I can I can battle away and you can match them physically. Own. Yeah, I can match him physically, but when you come against, you know, Andrew Johnson, another striker who I remember having tough days against, um, Craig Bellamy, players of that, you know, quality and movement and pace, um, they, they were the tough ones. And um, you know, like I say, when it came to the, the target man, I know that was right up my street. I could deal with that, but then quick nippy ones were used to give me nightmares. Did you like a battle? Yeah, yeah, of course I did. You know, I'd, I'd rather stand toe to toe with somebody and 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 have that battle. But you know, and I, there's more, there's more to my game. There was more to my game than than that. Because you could, ping, like you, you're absolutely right. There was more because two things: one, you can you could ping a ball, and two, never saw you lose a header. No, I, I you know, that, I think my identity is always, you know, oh, he, he loved a battle, he loved a fight, he could head a ball, he, he never backed out of a challenge, never lost a tackle. But like I say, you know, you, I don't think you play and in the Premier League, you might get lucky and play for one club, but to play for two clubs in the Premier League, you don't get that just being able to head a ball and tackle. You have to have a, an element of quality to your game. And I'm, I'm most certainly not making out that I'm a Vincent company or a Laporte in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. But I do, I do think at times it gets, it gets lost. You know, if you ask Joe Royal, Joe and managers I played with will say, you know, there's a lot more to Andy's game than no, just it, that it pure violence. Pure violence. Although there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a bit of violence, Mike. I think it keeps the world in a better place. Yeah, how are you? Me and Nigel always have it, wake up and have a little bit of a battle in the morning. Especially if he eats me yogurts <laughs> out of the fridge. Uh, basically, yeah, you played for, uh, for obviously Joe Royal at your time at City. You played for Kevin Keegan as well. What was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, I never got a chance to actually wear a shirt for, for Kevin. Um, I just had a multitude of injuries and, you know, eventually with my, my career finishing with a knee injury, I got it at the end of the season um, when Joe's last year and then I tried to get back that summer. I got back and played in October and my knee went again in, in, in the, almost the first game back from the knee operation and, right. and that was it, like, real. but it was it was also good to be around the club, you know, and, and, and watching somebody who does things slightly differently, you know, he, he was just very good with, with, with human beings, you know, you couldn't help but like the man and you couldn't help but want to do well for him and, you know, very warm person. Yeah. Um, so but, would you would you, know, you say that they've had an influence on your managerial career so far? Question, Some of the managers Nige. you've worked with. Good question, Nigel. Um, I'd say Sam, Sam Allardyce, um, Joe Royal, David Kemp in my early days. Um, 
you know, were, had the main impact. Other managers I've taken a lot from. Brian Horton, um, you know, was a terrific guy. Um, an incredible competitor. You know, we had demons in his eyes, like when he went, and I could relate to that. You know, his, his, his passion and his intensity to win games of football was huge. Right. And I, I, you know, I take that. You take something from everyone, but I think Sam and Joe, were probably the two two managers that um, I had the best relationship with, and the ones that I still like to think now that perhaps I have Listen, taken something from them. Amazing. Listen, Gillingham, like you said before, and you touched on it. It was, and I mean, the camaraderie in that team was fantastic. You had some great characters, some great players, and the playoff for you that must have been because you know you're the only fi- you're the fifth city captain to lift a trophy. That's a great yeah, achievement. That, I didn't know that. Be it in the in the old second division, whatever it is, it, it makes you no know watch. You know. I got that opportunity and, um, you know, and a, and a lot of players up and down, you know, a lot of players have come to Manchester City, far better players than me and for a far lot, you know, far more expensive and, and um, you know, didn't take the opportunity they were given to, um, you know, to represent that club and, and leave an impression and, um, you know, and that obviously that day was due to me and, you know, I came off after 70 minutes. I had to have an operation in the summer. I was struggling with my knees. Well, my, my, my left knee was playing up and, you know, Joe went, I didn't play in the semi-final and yeah. I got to the final and the, and obviously I managed to get to 70 minutes and then um, sat on the bench and, and thought my dream was over because you know yourself lads you know it's a, at that era you know Wembley was as we were kids it was always the FA Cup yeah. lifting a trophy it was every boy's dream and you know albeit that playoff game I could still see myself in front of the fans lifting a trophy and I thought that had gone I mean, 2-0 two, two down, obviously injury time looming and then and then Kevin Orlock scores that goal to make it 2-1. Be honest, did you think it was a little bit too little too late or did you think, well, you know, there's a chance here, boys? Well, we thought that as soon as it kicked off, the ref would blow the whistle. Right. Um, you know, you, you think that's the end of it. You know, we thought it was gone, but, you know, Willie Donaghy kept pushing and kept, you know, galvanising the troops to just keep going and... Yeah. Um, and obviously the magical moment from Dickie. Oh, wow. Um once it got to the you know, there was only one team was going to win. I think that's because they had nine centre halves on the pitch in, in, yeah. in extra time. So there's only one team that are going to win and then it obviously got to penalties and, and, and a chance for for Weave to, to, to write himself into history like he did. And oh. uh, just a, an incredible, incredible occasion and, and you know, something that'll live with me for the rest of my life. Because you recently all got together, didn't you, at the Etihad, which I thought was lovely. Yeah, I think it was the 20th anniversary and it was lovely. And, you know, no sooner, honestly, it, it, we must have been together five minutes and already the, the rib, you know, taking the piss out of each other and the winding <laughs> up and the, the, old, the old story, hey, who's, by the way. Who's, hard, who's hardly aged and who's aged the worst? <laughs> yeah, and good, go another on, great question. Thank you. Go on, who, who still looks pretty much the same? Who you're dead jealous of? Oh, and and who, who's aged not so good? Well, I'm not <laughs> sure it's a, it's a double-barrel question because Terry Cook... Um, look younger than he actually did and I think that's been in America with all the surgery that he, he, was about, he, he looked about 12 when he played for us Terry Cook didn't he I know but yeah. I think he looked similar when, when we saw him and listen no um, it was just great and the lads you know have obviously you're just sportsmen everybody looked after himself yeah of Nobody course had, yeah uh, it was just but, um, the video was, it was nice. Great. The video was nice, and I think you lot you could see you could see watching that that you all were like uh, top mates. Yeah, the, that's what I mean. The, the, you can tell that even when Joe put that team together, and like we said at the beginning of the podcast as well, beginning of the interview, that whole team just gelled. It was brilliant, and it lasts. Yeah, it was, and again, you know that can be. 
is that good management or is it fortuitous to get the right sort of characters together? I believe they were already there, you know, Whitley's and, and Paul Dickoff and, you know, Jared Vikings, they were, they were all really, first and foremost, they were all good footballers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to play for a club like Manchester City and stay in the team, you know, you have to be a good footballer and, and they were. And, um, and with that, you know, the spirit that was created with winning games of football and the banter in the changing rooms and, you know, you had Michael Brown and, and, uh, Jeff, who were a younger lads, but were both tremendous footballers who went on to have great careers. And, um, yeah, there was a, there was a really good mix. And, and that's also, you know, combined with a, with a great staff, which, um, you know, created a real power. And when, when the fans are on board, and I think the directors and, and the chairman care, you know, and have a, have a real affinity and love for the club, yeah. I think it's amazing what you can achieve. And I always go back to that and say, when everybody's rowing in the same direction, yeah. You can really, you know, and to go back to back promotions. And I believe that if Joe had been given the funds that, that Kevin had been given, um, I think Joe would have kept us in the Premier League. Listen, but, yeah, know, very good point. Uh, listen, you see the centre house now. You're always at City because you're one of the ambassadors there and you work there and we see you there when we used to work there. Um, what do you think of today's centre house? The Stones, the Otamende, the Laportes, uh, are, they, are they really good centre halves? They are good centre halves, um, but I think playing for Manchester City at, in this era, you you have to have special attributes, and they have to be able to defend one on one, and and have pace and be able to defend the channels because with the way City play, dominating the ball and your fullbacks high up the pitch, as soon as your holding midfielder gets out of position a little bit and you lose possession, you then got your two strikers two against two running. You have to be able to deal with that. I think Vinny could. Um, Laporte could, John Stones can, he's got the attributes, you know, I think uh, Otamendi struggles a little bit and then one-on-one situations very rarely gets um, isolated. When he does, he'll tend to, very similar to what Steve Bruce used to do when he got isolated, would go to ground and try and gamble on the win because mm, yeah. he knows if he stands up. Um, but, you know, I think in Laporte, it, it was such a, such a loss with his injury because alongside, you know, Van Dijk, I think they're the two outstanding centre halves in world totally football. Totally agree. Yeah. Has, has Vinny been the last? Has... Yes, of course he is. Vinny's a Vinny's a not just a footballer. You know, you know, part of the pun up. Vinny's been a few times, and uh, and he's an incredible human being. You yeah. know, he has incredible leadership. He has an aura and a presence about him. That, you know, me as and, and the other players that I played when he's actually came across and spoke to us, and you know, and spent time with us and all that. You know, you can't help but. You couldn't help but admire him as a human being, and and that's a big loss to the club, you know. Um, but it's for other people to step up and um, you know and, and to fill them boots. And you know, I think with Pep and the manager, you know, and, and I think the club will, you know, will will find it difficult to replace that. But it's not irreplaceable, you know. It will. There are players and there are people within the club that I could take on that mantle. But it's a hard act to follow because he, he really was a colossus for the club for you know, over a decade is, is there a centre half that Andy Morrison sees now that thinks whoa quality um, for me it's Laporte you know because yeah. I just I've seen I've seen the lads at Burnley go up against him and, and I th- for me they're the two most aggressive um, strikers you know in the league in the old format of way of playing football mm-hmm. yeah. and a 4 4 three with two big ones and Laporte stood you know and I watched the game and I watched him stand toe to toe with it yeah. and be able to deal with that physicality and then be able to run with the quicker lads in the channels, and then be able to play with a wand of a left foot and a fantastic football brain. So it's got everything. everything that's needed to be a top. Yeah, and in the same cut out the same wood as, as, as Van Dyke. You know, if you're six foot two, six foot three, and you can 
stand toe to toe physically and you can run, then you know you're you're, you're they're hard to find. Oh, Andy, um, listen, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. We, we, you know, we always have a laugh with you when we used to be at City Square. Yeah, thank you so much, mate, for coming on. Really appreciate it. But listen, it. before you go, we have been asking this to all our guests that have been on the, the podcast. What's your favourite sausage? My favourite sausage? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Like, give, me, give me five seconds to think. It's okay, mate. Because um, you love a sausage. You know Nothing comes to mind. Nothing comes to mind. Um, you know you're going to pull the car over later and think, oh, God, that's the sausage I should have that one, yeah. Oh, Possibly. But at, at this moment, I cannot remember overly enjoying a sausage and thinking that's the nicest one I've ever had. <laughs> okay, um, well, listen, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough, we'll accept that. Fair we'll enough, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah, take, yeah. That. we'll listen, take that. But I'll bet you any money he'll exactly. text me later and say, Mike, that was the sausage. Yeah, one. it was the uh, cum Andy, one. it's always a pleasure having you on and uh, one of the nicest men we've always uh, always bumped into and have a fight with. You're lucky, you're lucky a few <laughs> times I've not knocked you out, but it's only because you're the nice guy. I'm yeah, taking it yeah. easy on you. That's it, yeah. Mate, yeah. when he punches you, when Andy, have you had a punch of Andy? I, I've had, I've had, he's had me in an headlock once and that was just saying hello. And he gets on the back of the yeah. neck and oh yeah, mate yeah, yeah. just oh how I've not turned around and walloped him one I don't that's because I'm five foot and he's six foot odd so this is it. Uh, Andy thank you so much for coming on the show mate yeah top man thank you very much Andy pleasure lads okay, have a great day see you now it's time to call Brian Kidd put the number in now and let's number give him in. a quick ring on the landline of course there you go I love Brian there we go let's ring it Hello. Hey, it's Mike and Nice from the City Sausage Podcast. Uh, oh, hello. Hello. Is, is Brian, Brian in, please? I'll just go and see. One minute. Brian? 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 Where is it? It's Mike and Nice again. Sorry, lads. Brian's not in. But we just heard him. Sorry, bye. So it's that time in the show now where we chat to a member of the Royal I'm Family. I'm not going to talk in my normal voice. I'm going to be like a bit more, hello, hello. Well, it's the big interview and Nige is now chatting to Prince Philip. So, Nige, it's over to you. Prince William, mate, not Prince Philip. He's an Arsenal fan. Hello, Your Highness. Hello. Um, <laughs> welcome to City Sausage. What's Obviously, you must, it's my phone voice. Oh, sorry, sorry. You, you must be a little bit nervous being on the show, seeing as though we've been in all the papers and everything recently. Absolutely. I'm nervous Ooh. now. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> my first question um, would be, why Aston Villa? Was that, a, was that a bad idea? A long time ago at school, I just got into football big time. And um, I was looking around for clubs, you know, to sport, and I, I didn't, all my friends at school were either Man U fans or Chelsea fans. I didn't really want to sort of follow the run-of-the-mill um, teams, and I wanted to have a team that was more middle-of-the-table, that could give me the more emotional roller coaster moments, which, to be honest, now looking back, yeah, it's a bad <laughs> idea. Could have had an easier time. Uh, Your Highness, at Nige, I'm ever so oh sorry. Oh, Mike, don't do it again now! Oh, he's back with his normal voice. Come on! We've just run right out of time. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Highness! We have run right out I'm of sorry. time. I'm sorry. We'll get you back on your highness. Happens all the time, this. Enjoy the rest of uh, your trip in India with your wife and your, your little kids. Enjoy oh. have a great time. So there you go. Uh, unfortunately, we have run right out of time. Um, but a massive thanks to everybody that's been on the show today. Richie Neville, we've had Big Lou on. <laughs> and we've had Andy Morrison on. Andy Thank Mor- you, Andy. Legend. Right, so Nigel, it just remains to say uh, goodbye. Say goodbye, Nigel. Goodbye, Nigel. <laughs>
Bernard Sausages, sponsor of the City. Bernard Sausages, the sponsors of the City Sausage podcast. Sorry. Bernard Sausages, sponsors. It's Bernard Sausages, the sponsors of the City Sausage podcast. City Sausage, Bernard podcast. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Manchester City Football Club would like to put on record that it has nothing to do with these two idiots and are in no way associated with the City Sausage podcast. City Sausage podcast. Follow us at City Sausage on Twitter and Insta.